welcome to the 90 and Extra Time podcast. Once again, it's me, Rob. I hope everybody had a good weekend. And I'm pretty sure that everybody did have a good weekend because unlike last weekend, club football was back this weekend. So we're finally done with the international break, at least for the month of September. Um, We get about, I think, a three-week break until the next one, which is, you know, I mean, some people like it, some people don't. I find that uh, in the lead up to the international break and even, you know, when my teams aren't playing, like in those you know couple of days in between games, it can seem a little annoying. You just want to get back to, you know, club football, especially if, you know, one of your key players for your club team gets hurt on international duty. It's it's annoying. But, uh, you know, there's still some some good games that, that happen. I'm going to briefly go over uh the group standings for the Euro 2020 qualifying that was going on. Um, and then, you know, I'll talk about the, how the U S has done and, you know, a few other games before I get back into the club stuff. So this is just to close out, you know, all the games that happened during the international break. So Euro 2020 qualifying group a right now, England is standing on top. Uh, they haven't lost. They got 12 points in four matches. Um, they're on top of the group. Czech Republic is behind them. They've got nine points in five matches. Kosovo, surprisingly, third place, uh, eight points in five matches. So it looks like England is going to win that group. They got a pretty you know, good draw. I mean, obviously looking at the group, but I definitely didn't expect uh, Kosovo to be ahead of Bulgaria. But, you know, they're doing their thing. Uh, let's see, Group B, we got surprise leaders. Uh, the Ukraine, they have 13 points in five matches. And in second is the reigning, defending European champions, Portugal, eight points in four matches. And then Serbia is in third, uh, seven points in five matches. So, man, um, yes, Portugal has only played four matches. Every other team in the group has played five. You know, you, you give potentially uh, Portugal a win in their next match, which will be against Luxembourg uh, on October 11th. And, you know, they'll be at 11 points in five matches, which isn't bad. That'll put them two points behind the Ukraine. So they're sitting pretty good. I don't think there's any issues. They will qualify for uh, for the groups, or excuse me, for the Euro 2020. Uh, let's see, Group C. This is a group that I've watched a lot of games in because Germany is in it. Uh, Germany is on top of the group, but only because of goal differential. Uh, they got 12 points in five matches, and also Northern Ireland has 12 points in five matches. Um, but the goal differential, Germany is eight goals above Northern Ireland. So, um, and the Netherlands is sitting in third place, um, nine points in four matches. But just like Portugal, every other uh, team in that group has played five matches. The Netherlands has not. Their next game is against Northern Ireland on October 10th. You know, I see them winning that easily. That would put them at 12 points in five matches, you know, just like the two top teams in the group. Um, watch the uh, the Germany-North Ireland game. Uh, it was pretty good. Love did not play Ta. I think actually Ta did come in later, but... You know, after how he played against the Netherlands, I'm surprised he got to play at all. But, uh, you know, Germany did what they do. Um, There's that funny saying. It says two teams will play. 
They'll kick the ball back and forth, and somehow the German team will win 1-0. So um, that's what happened in this game. So they won 2-0. But, you know, they looked better than they did against the Netherlands. All right, Group D, we have in first place the Republic of Ireland, 11 points in five matches. Denmark in second with uh, nine points in five matches. Switzerland's in third. They've only played four games. They have eight points. Um, their next match looks like it is against the Republic of Ireland on the 15th. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, we'll see. I think Switzerland was the team that I predicted to win that group because I think they're the best team in the group, personally. But, uh, I mean, we'll see. There's there's a lot of games left to play. Um, anything can happen. So, all right, Group E, we got Croatia in first. Uh, 10 points in five matches, Slovakia in second, nine points in five matches, and then uh, Hungary, nine points in five matches. And in fourth, surprisingly, is Wales. They have six points in four matches. Again, they haven't played five matches. You know, you give them another game, uh, which it looks like they will be playing Croatia. That's going to be tough. Um, wow. Actually, I see Croatia probably winning that match. So it's not really looking too good for Wales. I don't know. I mean, yes, they do still have games against Hungary and Azerbaijan, but um, we'll see if they make it to uh, to the final competition. All right, Group F, we have Spain. They have not lost a, a match in this uh, this group stage. They have 18 points in six matches. In second place, you got Sweden. They're sitting on 11 points in six matches, and Romania is in third, 10 points in six matches. So, obviously, Spain's going to run away with that group, or so it looks. And uh, everybody else is fighting for second. All right, Group G, we got Poland in first place. 13 points on six matches. Slovenia in second, 11 points in six matches. Austria in third, 10 points in six matches. Group H, we have uh, Turkey on top of the group. 15 points in six matches. And then in second place, World Cup champions, France. Uh, 15 points in six matches. Uh, it looks like they're behind on not goal differential. Maybe they did they lose to Turkey? I think they did lose to Turkey, so that's why Turkey is on top of the group. Wow. Okay, and then you have Iceland, who were the fan favorites at the last Euros. They are sitting in third place with 12 points in six matches. So, again, anything can happen in that group. Group I. Um, Undefeated in the group, Belgium, 18 points in six matches. And then second, 15 points in six matches is Russia. Scotland, surprisingly, is in fifth place behind Kazakhstan and Cyprus. They have six points in six matches. That is tragic. And San Marino, who's at the bottom of the group, they've already been eliminated. They can't make it to the final tournament. Uh, let's see, final group. We got Group J. Um, Italy on top, undefeated, 18 points in six matches, followed by Finland, who has 12 points in six matches. And then we have Armenia in third, nine points in six matches, and Bosnia and Herzegovina, seven points in six matches. So those are all the group standings as of right now for all the uh, for Euro qualifying. I'm looking forward to, even though I can't believe I'm saying that, but I'm looking forward to the next international break, you know, Euro 2020 is next year. I have a special place in my heart for the European Championships. 
Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, as those spots get solidified and then, you know, the final draw for that will be probably, I think, in February or March time frame. Um, so, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see who ends up in the tournament. And then, you know, we get to look forward to the draw later on. Okay, so over the international break, the U.S. men's team had two friendlies that they played. Um, the first was against, you know, big rivals, Mexico, which the U.S. got embarrassed 3-0 uh, to zero in that game. Um, so the next game they had a little bit to prove, but they were playing Uruguay. Um, fortunately for the United States, there was a couple of factors in this game that, you know, made it a little bit better. A, it was a friendly, <laughs> and B, Diego Godin, Luis Suarez, Edinson Cavani, all of them were not there. Um, so the U.S. team managed to get a 1-1 draw, which probably does a lot for the team's confidence. Um, you know, they still, after that Mexico defeat, they still have a lot, a lot of work to do. Um, you know, that we got some some players that are that are injured. Um, I'm still a little upset that the the coach didn't call up Julian Green. Um, I don't know. He had a pretty decent game this past week for his club team, Firth. Um, I don't know. It just seems like a lot of those players, those German-American players that got called up during uh, Jurgen Klinsmann's time, it seems like a lot of them just aren't getting the, the calls anymore to, uh, to play for the national team, which, you know, is okay. I guess, you know, every coach has his system and the players that he wants to use. But uh, I don't know. I just think that maybe, you know, some other names might have helped, especially against Mexico. Because that's, that's the big game that everybody really um, was worried about. Um, you know, the U.S. has played Mexico twice this year, and both games did not end well. So um, in the next international break, though, the uh, CONCACAF Nations League starts. So, you know, in the international break in next month and in the following month in November, um, the U.S. has two matches against uh, Cuba and Canada. So they play Cuba and Canada next month, and then again, same two teams in November. So um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think Cuba will be too big of an issue for the U.S. national team. Um, but the Canadian game, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. The U.S. really hasn't had too many issues with Canada recently. Um, I don't know when the last time it was that they played, but uh, I don't know. I guess we'll see who also gets called up. Um, who's healthy, who's not, and, you know, how they're playing. But uh, I'm interested to see those those two games against Canada. The first one's on October 15th. That one will be in Toronto. And then the one on November 15th will be in the U.S., but they haven't uh, determined which stadium they're going to play at yet. So, I mean, considering it's in November, hopefully it's somewhere in California or Texas or even Florida, you know, for the players. So we'll see how they go or how they do uh, in the next couple of games. Uh, they definitely need to close out the year with some W's, um, especially, you know, now that this is a proper tournament. This isn't just friendlies like the last two matches that they've had. But like I always say, we will see what happens. Let's get back into the club football. It's nice to talk about national teams for a little bit, even though we had to do it for like two weeks. But uh, I'm going to start off with the Bundesliga. So the start of the season, 
I predicted Bayern Munich to win the Bundesliga. I mean, I definitely thought that Dortmund would be challenging them. Leipzig would be right there. But, uh, you know, they played this weekend, uh, Saturday, and Leipzig and Bayern, that is. And uh, I don't know. Leipzig looks like they are, this might be their year. I mean, they are, they're definitely trying to do their best to beat Bayern. They weren't able to do it. You know, it's fine because it's still a long season ahead. But uh, to get any kind of points in any kind of match with Bayern, I mean, yeah, you want to win at home, but getting one point at home is better than losing to the defending champions. And Bayern is coming off of a, what was it, a 6-1 win in their last game against Mainz. So, uh, yeah, and Leipzig has not lost a game yet this season. I mean, they're only four games in. You know, we still got a lot of games. We got 30 more games to go. But, uh, I mean, they're they're doing their thing. Bayern is kind of stumbling a little, while Bayern also has not lost this season. But uh, right now they're sitting in fourth, and they got eight points in four matches. So uh, I'm just going to go over these scores real quick. We have Fortuna Dusseldorf 1, Wolfsburg 1, Union Berlin 1, Werder Bremen 2, Mainz 2, Hertha Berlin 1, uh, Borussia Dortmund 4, Bayer Leverkusen 0, Augsburg 2, Frankfurt 1, Cologne 0, Borussia Mönchengladbach 1, RB Leipzig 1, Bayern 1, Hoffenheim 0, Freiburg 3, Paderborn 1, Schalke 04, 5. So, let's see, Borussia Dortmund and Schalke scored a lot of goals this week. Um, right now, the, with the tables looking, we got uh, RB Leipzig sitting on top, 10 points in 4 matches. Borussia Dortmund in 2nd, 9 points in 4 matches. Freiburg. Nine points in four matches. Bayern, eight points in four matches. And in fifth, we have Wolfsburg, eight points in four matches. And Schalke, seven points in four matches in sixth place. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, there's a lot of games left in the Bundesliga. Um, this week coming up, you know, there's some okay matches. Uh, Sunday is going to be Eintracht Frankfurt hosting Borussia Dortmund. I will definitely be watching that game uh let's see we got Werder Bremen hosting RB Leipzig be another decent one um and then Hertha Berlin I I can't believe they right now they're sitting at the bottom of the table uh, they're going to be hosting Paderborn so right now it's those two teams in the 17th and 18th spot so they're going to be pushing or pushing to stay out of the relegation zone or trying to get out, I should say. And one of them is going to end up staying in the relegation zone um, no matter what the outcome of the match is. So, but I, I'm, I cannot believe that Hurt the Berlin is below Union Berlin. I mean, that, that's insane. Union Berlin right now is in 12th place, four points in four matches, and they have not been doing well. But apparently neither has Hurt uh, the Berlin, who has not won a game this season. So. Yeah, it's definitely good to have uh, club football back. Good to have the Bundesliga back. Okay, on to France. Now, I know that for, I don't know how many podcasts in a row, I was talking about Neymar and him leaving or not leaving and you know 
teams trying to buy him and send players and cash and blah blah blah. But unfortunately, we are not going to be able to uh, <laughs> to talk this week about league uh, without talking about Neymar and his return to the lineup for PSG. So of course, um, you know <clears throat> you know how fans are. He wanted to leave. He was saying he wanted to leave. He tried everything he could in his power to leave. The team wanted to get rid of him. The player said he wanted to stay. You know, whatever. So once he stepped foot or anytime he touched the ball, basically, during this game, he was utterly and completely booed by the fans in Paris. Um, this week, PSU was hosting Strasbourg. Um, Paris was not playing. They were not playing good. I mean, you can tell that they're, they're missing players. Um, their chemistry seems a little off, and then you throw Neymar back into the mix as well. Um, and, you know, Strasbourg, they're not really a good team, but uh, they've had some decent games, like when they were trying to do, I don't remember if it was Champions League or Europa League qualifying. It had to be Europa League qualifying, um, where they had some, you know, impressive goals and wins. But uh, there is no reason why a team like PSG, with all the stars that they have, should struggle with a team like Strasbourg. I mean, there's there's no excuse for it whatsoever. Um, but this game was 0-0 until he, I guess, got tired of the booze, or I don't know what it was, but Neymar decided to score to win the game for his club, at least his club for now. And Neymar scored in the 92nd minute to win this game for PSG against Strasbourg, which is crazy. That's crazy to even say that they needed a 90th plus minute goal to dispatch Strasbourg. You know, eventually he had another one like three minutes later, but uh, that one was disallowed by VAR. But regardless, the fans still booed him. I mean, you know, there were cheers, obviously, because, you know, the fans still want to see their team win. But uh, he was also booed while he was being cheered after scoring that that goal, the one that stood. Um, I don't know. It's going to be a long season for Neymar. Uh, I don't know. I guess, you know, the more goals you score, the more people tend to forget. The more the team wins, the more people tend to forget. People stay happy when their team is winning. Um, so I guess we'll, uh, we'll see how that plays out. But let's see what else we had. We had uh, on Friday, Lille 2 on Jazz 1, uh, Amiens 2, Lyon 2, which is surprising. Uh, PSG 1, Strasbourg 0, Bordeaux 2, Metz 0, Dijon 0, Nem 0, Montpellier 2, Nice 1, Brest 0, Rennes 0, and yesterday Nantes 1, Rems 0, Saint-Étienne 0, Toulouse 0, and then Monaco 3, Marseille 4. Monaco just cannot cannot get a break but they are not in last place anymore they are second from bottom now Dijon is in last place Monaco two draws they got two points so they're sitting in 19th they're not in last place and then Strasbourg is one place above them so maybe Monaco can climb out of the uh climb out of the relegation zone I mean we'll see uh so right now the table stands in first place, we have PSG. They got 12 points in uh, five matches. Ren is in second, 10 points in five matches. Nantes is in third, 10 points in five matches. 
they're only in third because uh, Rennes has one more goal than them. Uh, Marseille is in fourth, 10 points in five matches. Um, they have one goal less than No. And then in fifth place, we have Lille, nine points in five matches. So, like I mentioned at the beginning of uh, the season, I still believe that PSG is going to run away with this. I don't think uh, there's any team. I mean, maybe Ren can keep up, you know, while, you know, some of the, the bigger players are hurt or until the the PSG team can get their, uh, their team chemistry going. Um, but uh, I'm sorry, there is a plane flying overhead right now. Um, once that happens, I ha- I don't see Paris having a problem, you know, getting who knows how many consecutive wins and running away with the league. It's just it's just a matter of time. Once tem- the chemistry clicks, you know, plus once the cold weather comes, that tends to affect a lot of teams. Plus, you have these international breaks, Champions League coming in, so there's going to be teams resting players and you know players getting injured. So uh, we'll see how that works. And what happens in the future, but I don't see Paris having a problem in the French League this year. All right, Syria. Okay, so the first game um, I actually watched a little, little bit of this game was uh, Fiorentina and Juventus. That was a zero-zero draw, which. I mean, yes, it's on the road, get a point on the road, but Juventus is supposed to be the dominant team in Italy. There's absolutely no reason why they should not be able to at least score against Fiorentina. Um, I guess, you know, one point is better than no point. But um, we have Napoli 2, Sampdoria 0, Inter 1, Udinese 0. And then yesterday we had uh, Genoa 1, Atalanta 2. Brescia 3, Bologna 4, Parma 1, Caligari 3, Spal 2, Lazio 1, Roma 4, Sassuolo 2, uh, Hellas Verona 0, AC Milan 1, and then tonight we have Torino playing Lecce. Um, I, at the beginning of the season, projected that, uh, or predicted that Juventus would win this. Um, I mean, getting a draw is not terrible for them right now they're sitting in third place though Um, they got seven points in three matches and then Bologna is actually above them in second also with seven points um, on two or three matches excuse me Uh, but they have a better goal differential well the goal differential is the same they've actually just scored one more goal they've also allowed one more than uh, Juventus and then undefeated for the season yes it's only three games because the Italian season starts super late but uh, Inter Milan, nine points in three matches. So if any team is going to challenge Juventus for the Scudetto this year, it will definitely be Inter Milan. And uh, if Romelu Lukaku and Sanchez are on and popping like like they could be, it's it's going to make Manchester United look terrible. Well, it's going to make their coach look terrible um, because he it'll appear as though he wasn't using them right. You know, if they're able to, to shine and excel in Italy, and um, he may be gone by Christmas, but we'll get to the Premier League later. But, uh, yeah, so in those Champions League spots in Serie A right now, top four, we got Inter, Bologna, Juventus, and Torino. And then fifth place, we have Napoli, 
sixth place, we have Atalanta. And then right there in seventh, we have AC Milan. At the bottom of the table, though, in relegation, we got 18th is Fiorentina, 19th is Lecce, and in last place, zero points and a minus eight goal differential. They've only scored one goal this season. Sampdoria. Wow, but Lecce has not scored a single goal yet. Oh, that's tragic. Yep, that's the Serie A season, though. Only three games in. Still got a lot, a lot of football left to play. Okay, La Liga. Um, I know everybody expected Barcelona to, you know, do well this year. I still think that they will. Obviously, they've been missing Messi. You know, in the locker room, still dealing with the whole Neymar thing and him not coming and yada yada and that whole mess that took place this summer. Uh, but let's see. For match day four, uh, this past Friday we had. Real Mallorca, 0. Athletic Club, 0. Real Madrid, 3. Levante, 2. Uh, Laganis, 0. Villarreal, 3. Real Sociedad, 2. Atletico Madrid, 0. Barcelona, 5. Valencia, 2. And then yesterday we had Ibar, 1. Espanyol, 2. Alaves, 0. Sevilla, 1. Celta Vigo, 0. Granada, 2. Real Valladolid, Valladolid, I always do that, Valladolid, 1, Asasuna 1, Real Betis 1, and Getafe with 1. So Messi did not play this weekend, um, but the good news is is that Messi will be back uh, for the Champions League this week against Dortmund. At least he's in the squad. Whether or not he's going to start, I don't know, we'll see, but... um, it looks like he is healthy enough to go, so that's good. I don't know how much playing time he's going to get. You know, two games in the week can be kind of rough. That's the one thing that I don't like about Champions League and Europa League. Um, I always joke that when you're good, when your team is good, your reward is that you get to play more football, <laughs> um, you know, which obviously can lead to injuries and, you know, fatigue and whatnot. So um, they're just going to have to, you know, test the waters, maybe play it a little bit safe with him, but uh, you know, Barcelona scored five this weekend so I don't think they're really going to have too big of a problem with uh, with Dortmund um, but, you know, hopefully he plays and can stay healthy, so we'll see. Um, right now the top four the Champions League spots in the table we got in first place surprisingly, we got Sevilla ten points in four matches followed by Atletico Madrid Nine points in four matches. Uh, Real Madrid, eight points in four matches. And Athletic Bilbao, eight points in four matches. And then in fifth and sixth, we have Barcelona, seven points in four matches. And then Granada, uh, seven points in four matches. Bottom of the table, 18th, we got Getafe, three points in four matches. Uh, Ibar, one point. And Laganis, zero. They... Have only scored one goal so far this season. They're sitting in last place. Um, yeah, I'm sure the top of that table is going to completely change. Maybe Sevilla can stay up there, but uh, you know Barcelona is obviously going to move up, so one of those four is definitely going to drop out. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll see how it is in in a month. You know, they play a few more games, but 
I'm just I'm excited to see Lionel Messi back with the team. Still have yet to see him playing with Griezmann and Suarez. So yeah, that'll be that'll be great to see. Maybe we'll get to see it uh this week. And last but certainly not least, we have the Premier League. A lot of games this week, a lot of drama this week. Um, mostly in press conferences, so I'll get to that. All right, so starting with Saturday, we had Liverpool 3, Newcastle 1, Tottenham 4, Crystal Palace 0, Manchester United 1, Leicester City 0, Sheffield United 0, Southampton 1, Brighton Hove Albion 1, Burnley 1, uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers 2, Chelsea 5, Norwich City 3, Manchester City 2. And then yesterday we had Bournemouth 3, Everton 1, and Watford 2, Arsenal 2. And then tonight we have Ashton, Ashton Villa hosting uh, West Ham. Uh, so right now the table, I mean, it basically looks like it did last season. In those top four Champions League spots, first place undefeated. 15 points in five matches. We got Liverpool, second place, five points behind them, and it's only September. On 10 points in five matches, the defending champions, Manchester City. Um, in third, we got Tottenham, eight points in five matches, and Man U, eight points in five matches. And then Leicester's in fifth, same eight points in five matches, and then Chelsea in sixth with eight points in five matches. Um, and at the bottom of the table, we have Ashton Villa. They still have to play tonight, though. So, um, But they're sitting at three points in four matches. Wolves, three points in five matches. And Watford, two points in uh, five matches, which is pretty bad. But, you know, they, they just get a draw with Arsenal. So, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to – I don't know who's going to get relegated, but I don't think any of those three teams will. Ashton Villa, Wolves, and Watford. I don't, I don't see them being there the, the whole time. Maybe Watford. I mean, they just got rid of their manager and brought in one of their older managers or former ex-managers, whatever you want to call them. Um, so obviously there's something going on there, but um, we'll see. Um, I'm surprised that, and obviously so is Pep Guardiola, uh, that Manchester City lost to Norwich 3-2. And in the post-game press conference, he was saying that uh, congratulations to Liverpool on winning the Premier League. Yes, it's only September, but because the league was so tight last year, he believes that Liverpool basically has already won the league. They're only five points clear of Manchester City, but, uh, I mean, it's, it's hard to come by those points, so... Yes, Manchester City will get to play Liverpool, but uh, they're going to have to beat them both times that they, that they play them. I don't believe they've played yet this year, but uh, they're going to have to win both of those games if they want to win the league because there's just there's no place in the Premier League to, to drop points, especially this early in the season or any at any point in the season, really. You basically have to come as close to running the table as you possibly can. And the defending champions, right now they're five points behind. So I'm sure they're feeling that, but I still think that they're, I don't know. It's going to be close, but I do think 
Manchester City's probably going to end up winning the league again, but we'll see. Like I mentioned, I was talking about uh, La Liga. Champions League is coming up, and then we all know how rough that Premier League schedule gets. At the end of December, they play like three matches in a week. It might even be four matches in like 10 days or something. It's It's pretty crazy. So we'll see. Anything can happen. I think uh, I know Pep was was joking when he said that, but um, anything is possible. Anything anything can happen. So we will see what happens. So this week is the return of the Europa League and Champions League group stage. Um, I'm looking forward to this because I don't know. I just, I happen to love the the Champions League group stage and you know the Europa League group stage as well. But I love the group stage probably more than I enjoy any other part of the competition. Like yes, the knockout stage is interesting, but there's just something about the group stage that I really like. I think it's just like the the purity of it and how you have to win. There's no there's no PKs to move on. You, you have to win or draw or how, get the points however you can in order to move on. And um, that's just something that I've, I've always really liked and appreciated. I don't know. So the group stage is, is probably my favorite part of the competition. Obviously, the final is you know enjoyable to watch, but uh, I definitely, definitely love the group stage. So um, all the Europa League games will be on Thursday, Thursday evening, actually. Um, September the 19th so there's a there's a lot of games um, I'm only probably gonna watch maybe one or two maybe um, actually I'll probably only really watch one game because that, that's a lot of football for one day but um, there's a couple of matches that I am looking forward to though in the Europa League um, so first is Eintracht Frankfurt hosting Arsenal that should be a, a decent game you know two of the better teams in the uh, Europa League group stage then there's uh, PSV hosting Sporting. The problem is those two games are at the same time, so I don't know. Maybe I'll flip back and forth. Um, then we have Ren hosting Celtic. Uh, and then Rangers hosting Feyenoord. And Ghent hosting St. Etienne. Those are the, the top games that I see in uh, the Europa League portion of you know European football for this week. Um, I guess we'll see. I don't know who. I, Arsenal's coming off of a pretty, pretty bad game that they had against Watford this week, so uh, I expect them to come out, you know, pretty hard, pretty strong. But uh, as far as the rest of those games that I just mentioned, I couldn't tell you who's gonna win. I, I don't know. They could all be draws. Who knows? All right, and then moving on to the Champions League. So first games are tomorrow. September 17th, and we have Salzburg hosting Genk, Napoli hosting Liverpool, definitely be a good game, Inter Milan hosting Slavia Prague, Borussia Dortmund hosting Barcelona. That game I will probably definitely watch. It's it's at 9 o'clock here, uh, plus you know I want to see if Messi is going to play and how he will play, uh, especially with the addition of Griezmann. Uh, that that should be a good game. I mean, I'm sure the the crowd and the atmosphere is going to be crazy in Dortmund. Um, let's see, we got Lyon hosting Zenit Saint Petersburg, Benfica hosting RB Leipzig, 
Chelsea hosting Valencia and Ajax hosting Lille. And then on Wednesday, September 18th, <clears throat> we got Club Brugge hosting Galatasaray. PSG hosting Real Madrid. Again, that should be a good game. Get to see uh, Neymar again. We'll see. Plus, those two teams just recently like switched or swapped goalkeepers. Um, so we'll see. That should be a good game. Um, Olympiacos hosting Tottenham. Bayern Munich hosting Red Star Belgrade. Dynamo Zagreb hosting Atalanta. Shakhtar Donetsk hosting Man City. I expect Man City to put up a lot of goals, especially because I can only imagine what those guys were doing in practice today. Um, so, yeah, so I expect them to come out hungry. Uh, Atletico Madrid hosting Juventus. That should be a really good game. We'll see how, how Ronaldo does. And I don't know, we'll see how that uh, Juventus defense is holding up now that Chiellini's gone. They didn't have a, a good, uh, good game this past weekend. 0-0 draw. Um, and then last, we have Bayer Leverkusen, Leverkusen hosting Lokomotiv Moscow. So those are all the games for the, uh, for the Champions League. Um, it should be interesting. I mean, I don't think anyone can say that there will be no interesting matches either Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday night as European competition heats up for the new season. I'm definitely looking forward to it. VFB Stuttgart had a game this weekend. They were on the road in Regensburg. Um, I would say they played a pretty decent game, but they started off with this funky formation that I don't think I've ever seen them play or I've ever seen any other team play it. Um, it was a 4-1-2-1-2. Um, yeah. Um, they played They played well. Uh, they did give up a penalty, um, and that was Regensburg's first goal. Um, but the score was 2-1 after that. And uh, the game ended at 3-2 towards the end. You know, it was kind of kind of dicey. Um, Regensburg <laughs> scored a, a second goal, so it was 3-2. It was but then they kept, like, pressing, and, you know, it was, like, right around the end of the game. I think there was, like, four minutes added on at the end. And it just seemed like they were going to get an equalizer. So for, like, two minutes, I was just, like, losing my mind, yelling at the TV. My wife was – I'm sure she was taking pictures of me that she may or may not have posted online of me uh yelling at the TV but uh but they got the win and uh right now they are actually sitting on top of the table which you know is good um it's a good place to be this time of year I mean you know they just got relegated so everybody would expect them to go back up at the end of the season anyway but um they're sitting on top of the league 14 points in six matches and then uh Hamburg is in second um 13 points in five matches, but they play tonight against St. Pauli. So um, Hamburg's on the road, though, tonight. So we'll see. Hopefully they only get a point or even better. Hopefully they lose. So Stuttgart will be sitting up there by themselves. Um, but we'll see what happens. So um, with that, I am going to end the show. Um, I hope you guys have a, a great week. It's a lot of football on this week. Return of the Champions League, Return of the Europa League. Um, there's some games on tonight. Um, if you guys want to contact me, um, you can hit me up on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Uh, just search 90 and Extra Time, or you can email me at 90 and Extra Time at gmail.com. Um, I want to thank 
everybody that's that's been listening um especially to i don't know who you are but the people that are listening in france you guys are like my fastest growing audience um which is surprising for me and i'm humbled and uh um, i'm glad you guys enjoy the show um but just let me know if there's anything that you guys want to hear you know got any suggestions or anything like that i would love to hear it love to hear from all you guys um but have a good week have a great day enjoy some football and i will talk to you next week um oh and wow this is gonna be the longest show ever (laughs) i just realized that so thank you for listening uh talk to you guys next week have a good one all right bye